0: Hello and welcome to the Modern Casanova podcast. It's me, Troy Francis, your host. Uh, Hope you've had a great weekend and you are looking forward to a fantastic week. So, updates from me. The new book, How to Get Hot Girls Into Bed, a guide for the Modern Casanova, is nearly ready. Um, Done a lot of work on that in the last few days. The cover is is now complete, which you may have seen on social media, I put it out on Twitter, and also on my Instagram page. If you go and have a look there, you can see uh, the lovely design for the cover, which I think looks really great. So, um, obviously it's been edited. It's now being formatted, ready to go onto Amazon, uh, and that should be ready imminently. So, we are very, very close to being able to launch, um, and I will reveal the launch date as soon as I can, hopefully today or tomorrow, on social media, so uh really excited about that it's taken a little while to pull the different elements together, uh, but we're now nearly there or thereabouts and um you know this is a big, chunky book this has got um, i'll have to let you know the number of pages because it's still being formatted, but we're talking ninety thousand words worth of of text here, so when you bear in mind my first book, The uh, Seven Laws of Seduction, is about 40,000 words long. So this is more than double The Seven Laws of Seduction in terms of length. So just just in terms of the amount of content alone, i try to just pack loads and loads of stuff in there to make it as comprehensive and helpful as possible. Um, So I won't go on about that for too much longer because I'll probably do a podcast about it. In its entirety just to talk you through you know what it what it's about and the value hopefully that i hope it can bring you so i'll leave that for now but uh, really excited about that and um that should be hitting the shelves as they say um very soon so i will keep you updated uh please if you need anything more, or sorry, if you need any more information, go to my website, which is realtroyfrancis.com. That's realtroyfrancis.com. Uh, I'm updating the site daily now, so there's loads of content on there. Lots of game uh, advice, articles, techniques, tips, and so on, as well as um, ruminations on relationships, intergender dynamics, the red pill, out being an alpha male. All of that good stuff is over there at RealtroyFrancis.com, so go and have a look. Uh, And now, to get into today's topic, I really wanted to talk today about mixed signals and about those mixed signals that we get from girls and what to do about that. Um, And this can include everything really from when you first approach to when you start dating, to when you're in a relationship with her uh, itself. So it goes right across the gamut of the different phases of your relationship with her. And uh, mixed signals are incredibly annoying. Guys complain about them all the time. In fact, it's a pretty typical, you know, subject of conversation, isn't it, between guys, whether they are into game or not. You know, a couple of Guys meet up and they're talking about their girlfriends or or girls that they're seeing or whatever, and you know one of the guys says, "Yeah, she's really giving me mixed signals," um, and then that leads off into a conversation about you know what she's doing and how best to uh, to counter that. So it's an issue um, that we continue to face. Now, before I get get into this, of course, Rollo um, Tomasi of the the Rational Male has a very Famous uh, post about about mixed signals and and basically, and I'm going uh, I'm going to uh, sort of misquote him here, but uh, hopefully this gets to the essence of what he said uh, because I don't have the actual quote in front of me. But his view is that there is no such thing as mixed signals because the media is the message. So what that basically means, or how I take that myself in terms of how I interpret it is that the medium, so her not speaking to you, her ignoring you, her not replying to your texts for four days or whatever it is, is the message. So the message is, I'm not really that interested. The message is, I'm not that bothered about this. I don't, you know, I don't particularly want to hang out with you. You know, the message is, um, a negative message because if it wasn't then what you would be getting back from her would be something a lot more immediate a lot more positive a lot more definite in terms of her desire for you And because you're not getting that then you know as much as you can say well I wish she'd tell me a bit more I wish I could understand you know what it is she's thinking what it is she wants The truth is she's already told you. She's told you through a mission, if you like, almost. She's told you by being offhand with you, by not responding to your text, by uh, cancelling another date, by fiddling around and wavering. That is, she's already telling you what you need to know. You know, you don't need it spelled out in a document and, you know, gift wrapped and um, sent to you with a bow around it. She's already telling you through her behaviour. So I think that's a really important um, thing to bear in mind. And that is uh, a thing from the Rational male, Rollo Tomasi, that I have, you know, I read that post a few years ago, and it's always stuck with me. And I think he is absolutely right. Um, And one of the things coming from that, I suppose, about mixed signals is I've always thought, from my own experience and that of other guys, that one of the worst places you can be in with a girl is in a situation of hope. So say you've got a girl, say maybe you're at high school or something, and you've got a girl who you fancy, and she, and you know, maybe you've, you've kind of made that Uh, Clear to her. Perhaps you haven't really laid it on the line and sat down with her and said, "Right, I want to, I want to be your, I want to take you out, I want to take you on a date." But perhaps you've made it known enough, you know, because this was what I was like when I was at school. Anyway, I was um, very reticent in terms of being honest about my feelings. So, but you know, I would intimate to girls, I would make it known, I would make it clear to girls that I was interested in them, you know, more than just for friendship, and. What would often happen would be that I would get glimmers of hope back from these girls. So there was a girl, for example, at school I was friends with for a long time called Alice. And I really, really fancied Alice. I met her when we first started secondary school. And yeah, I was just, you know, I was smitten with her really from when we first met. We were in the first English class together and... You know i because of the way that I was at that time, I was very shy, I was very reticent I mean this was a million years before I'd heard of game or got into any of that sort of stuff so and it was also when I was um a virgin, and I hadn't had any experience with girls at all, really and I became I did what a lot of guys do in that situation, which is to effectively put myself into the friend zone, so I became friends with this girl, and we would hang out at school and we'd go to classes together and then we'd spend, you know, times in the break together or at lunchtime and so on. And you know, we we got on very well. Um I think she I think she liked me as a, you know, as a friend. Um we were on a similar wavelength with a lot of things. But in my head, of course, it was more than that. So in my head, I'm having these conversations with with myself and also with other people as well, because, you know, i talk to other people about it, and I would be saying, but surely she knows, okay, right, she knows that I like her because I've, you know, because I've spent this time with her, or I said this little comment, which you'd only say if you fancied somebody, if you're attracted to somebody, Um, you know, I did this particular thing. And as a result of that, and the fact that she is still hanging out with me, still spending time with me, Uh, I believe that means she reciprocates. I think that means that she likes me too. She fancies me. She finds me attractive. So if I just keep hanging out with her day after day, then sooner or later, something's going to happen. Inevitably, we are going to somehow become boyfriend and girlfriend because it's clear I like her. If she didn't like me in that way then why is she still hanging out with me? Why is she still spending time with me? Surely she would drop me and, you know, keep away. So it's that kind of logic that I, I had in my head at the time. Now, as I say, this was a long time ago, and it was certainly before I was aware of any of the sort of game principles that we talk about, or the red pill, uh, if you like, principles. So, you know, I was very green, but the thinking was, the thinking was as it was, you know, I, I kind of because I was untutored, I just kind of thought, well, I just, I just hang in here, and in the end, something's going to happen. Of course, what I didn't realise was that if anything was going to happen, it, it was down to me to make it happen. Um, but that was something I learned a lot later on. But the point really is that you know the the, the danger with that situation is that you are living in hope and you are living in hope without any guarantee of, you know, a successful realisation of what you want. So, you know, you are, every day you're getting up, you're thinking, yeah, this girl, you know, she likes me. Today could be the day, this week could be the week, you know, she's going to turn to me and say, oh my God, I've just realised we should be together, or whatever it's going to be. And of course, that never comes. But because, and then you can get into a cycle where you are interpreting things that she does that are vaguely positive towards you, if you like. You can interpret those things as her being attracted to you. And then the whole thing gets stronger. It gets um, it gets more intense. So, you know, I might be in an English class, for example, and I would look over the room and I would see Alice looking at me and then say she smiled at me for example something like that now I would then go home and think this is amazing She smart look, think about the way she looked at me in that class think look at the way she smiled at me it's pretty obvious you know she she likes me she's attracted to me this is this is gonna you know this is this is on this is something's gonna happen here it's inevitable um, and you can keep yourself going on those little nuggets of Fantasy really for a long, long time. So, what's the difficulty with that? Well, the problem with that is for one thing, it makes you very vulnerable, and this is probably the worst thing, really. It makes you very vulnerable, and the reason is because, say, with Alice, I didn't have any, I wasn't her boyfriend, I wasn't seeing her, I didn't have any, you know, kind of claim on her or anything. So, there was nothing in the world stopping her from one day just deciding she liked another guy and going and dating him, you know, and to be to be frank, even if I had have been going out with her or dating her, there wouldn't necessarily have been anything stopping her doing that either. But uh, you know what I mean, uh, it, it, there was all that this thing, which only really existed in my mind anyway, was based on, was my hope and imagine how crushing it would be if you're in that situation with this girl and you, you, you've you almost built it up in your head to the extent that, you know, we're in a relationship, you know, this is, this is, we're pretty much in a relationship. It's unspoken, but we're nearly there, you know, it's going to happen. And then suddenly she turns around and says, oh yeah, you know, I went out on a date with Pete from biology class at the weekend. Great guy, great kisser, you know, um, how... Devastated are you going to be then? How shattered are your illusions going to be at that point? And you're almost going to feel betrayed. You know, you're going to feel like, well, this girl, I was holding out for this girl, and she basically she betrayed me. You know, she stabbed me in the back. She's gone with this other guy. Incredibly painful. And you you risk that every day that you live in hope with a girl where the situation is not definite, where the situation is unclear, when you're in a grey area, you risk that. And that is a very, very unhealthy situation for anyone to be in, and certainly for any any guy to be in. So you really want to be mindful of that, and you want to avoid that wherever possible. Um, So that was one example from my past. Another example, fast-forwarding... uh, many many years later, and I got into. And by the way, before I start telling that story, a lot of this really is a, is kind of like applicable to the friend zone, I suppose. Because what is the friend zone other than a situation of perpetual hope, where the guy is, you know, caught in this web of perpetual hope, where he thinks, yes, we're friends, but look at how well we get on. One day, she's going to realize, she's going to see that, you know. I am the one, she needs to be with me, and we're going to get together and it's going to be amazing. And the man, the guy, is trapped in that. And that, as I said, that leaves him very vulnerable. And it it also, by the way, cuts off opportunities for him to get into something more satisfactory elsewhere. Because if you're enthralled to this one particular girl, you know, you're obsessed with her more or less, then. By nature, you're probably not going to be looking around as much and you're not going to be as open to other opportunities with other women. And that was something that happened to me at school. You know, I would get into these one-itis type things. So, in the case of Alice, I was in this one-itis situation with her for, you know, a number of years, I think. I think it went on for several years. And um, in that time, I was actually approached by other girls. There were other girls who actually did. Fancy me, did find me attractive, um, and I ended up rejecting those girls because I was holding out for Alice. And the truth of the matter is that Alice was probably never going to happen. You know, it was it was never as a, as a reality going to happen that I was going to start dating her because. I don't know, apart from anything else, I probably already shot myself in the foot, because I'd, I'd friend zoned myself, you know, so I didn't have any mystery to her on Mystique, I was just this 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 chode that she hung around with at school, so I actually turned down opportunities uh, for, you know, with other girls, because of because of Alice, which now when I think about it, is crazy, because these other girls were, you know, they were they were quite, they were attractive girls, and what I've, of course, learned since having got into game and studied this stuff and practiced it and everything else is that, you know, you're not going to get every girl. You're not going to get, um, y- you know, it's not realistic to say, right, I'm just going to walk out of the house and I'm going to see this stunning supermodel and I'm going to get, I'm going to go up and open her and then I'm going to get with her. I mean, it doesn't work like that. I mean, that might happen and you might be lucky, but the truth is that, you know, you rejection is a is a part and parcel of game. Not every girl is going to like you in that way, but there are plenty of other girls out there who will. So, you know, really what you want to be doing is concentrating on the girls who actually do like you, who actually do want to reciprocate in the way that you want them to, which is, you know, sexually or, you know, being in a, a dating relationship with. You know, you you don't want to be spending your time concentrating on those girls who who don't want that with you for whatever reason at, at that time because because that's not what you want you know and it comes back really to something I've been talking about a lot recently which is um you know being selfish in the sense of doing what you want so if you want a sexual or a dating relationship with this girl and she's not able to give you that, or she doesn't want to give you that. Then you have to walk away, because otherwise you're being, you're not being honest with yourself, or rather you're not putting yourself first. You're not, you know, looking after your interests. You're looking after someone else's interests, her interests, if you like. Um. So anyway, uh, fast forwarding, many years later. And this time, I was into game, and I did know game principles, and I had, you know, my uh, notch count was quite high. If you like, you know, I'd I'd been with um, many girls and so on, and I got completely infatuated with this um, Romanian girl called Anna, who now it, it's a kind of a complicated story, so I'll try and make it as simple as possible. But basically, this Anna was a girl that I'd met when I'd first moved back down to London and first got into games, so probably in around 2005, I'd met this girl through a dating site and we dated, we'd gone out a few times. She was incredibly attractive. She was very, very beautiful, um, as I think many Romanian girls are. And also to add a bit of spice to it, she was also incredibly intelligent as well. Uh, Very, very bright. She was a philosophy student. She was doing, I think at that time, she was doing a master's. Um, She'd got a distinction in her um, undergraduate. She was incredibly brainy. She was interested in a lot of things that I was interested in or aspired to be interested in. You know, she liked literature, great literature. She liked... Classical music. Um, she was obviously interested in philosophy and she would like to talk about those things. Uh, but you know, at the same time, she also liked going to clubs, she was into dancing, um, you know, she was kind of modern in that in that way. She lived in Shoreditch, she was quite trendy. So, and she was incredibly beautiful, she was brunette, um, she was she had that kind of slight Mediterranean look that uh, a lot of Romanian girls have um, slim brunettes, etc. So for me, this was like crack. I mean this was she pretty much ticked every box that I I ever had, you know really. And so you know, we were dating. I was besotted with her. I messed it up. This was very early on in my game. I, I was actually trying to <laughs> I was actually trying to apply game principles and I was kind of ignoring her for three days and stuff like that and mistakenly thinking. I'd increase her attraction, and in the end, um, I ended up messing it up, and she dumped me, and I was pretty, we hadn't even had sex, we hadn't slept together, and I was pretty devastated, really, by that, because I'd built this up, you know, this was this girl who was so amazing, and everything else, and it was a bit, it, you know, it was all a bit one-eyed to see and everything, but it was, as I say, it was it was quite a long time ago, in my journey in game, if you like, so anyway, that that happened, and then we didn't see each other for, for 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 a while we were friends on facebook um but yeah nothing nothing happened and um and that was it and then she went on to get boyfriends and things like that now i then got deeply into games. so this was my my first period really of real game immersion so i was going out all the time going out to do night game in the clubs in london i was doing day game um very very prolific and you know my numbers started to mount up so i was you know getting i was meeting different girls i was getting girls who were interested in me i was you know um dating girls having sex with with different girls and you know so my abundance increased my abundance mentality increased and yeah, you know, I mean, I I, became, I started to live the life of a player, you know, I was dating different girls at the same time, I was approaching all the time, I was getting new leads all the time, and that started then to become very addictive, as it as it can do for a lot of people, for obvious reasons, so I got really into that whole lifestyle, and I sort of, I guess I kind of forgot about um, Anna, except occasionally to, you know, to remember her as being this hot girl that I dated once, but it, it, it lost its... Um, it lost its relevance for me, I suppose. Then I I had a girlfriend for a while. Then we broke up. And then after we'd broken up, I was fiddling around on Facebook, um, you know, doing whatever. And out of the blue, I just messaged Anna for some reason. She, now she And then she, she messaged back, and we started messaging backwards and forwards. And to cut a long story short, she had a boyfriend. But it became very apparent that um, she wasn't really happy in that in the relationship she'd been with the guy for 4 years it was got you know it got boring blah 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 the usual kind of story and she was bored she didn't you know didn't really want to be with him but she couldn't pull herself out of it you know etc cetera, etc cetera. we're flirting on facebook it's getting more intense then we meet up then we make out then she ends up coming back to my room then we end up having sex, and suddenly we are into this sexual relationship. So suddenly we are, you know, we are having sex. I'm coming down to where she lived every week or so, every couple of weeks. We're checking into hotels, we're having sex like nine, ten times in a row. Then she's going home. Um, and you know, incredibly exciting. She was very hot, um, great sex. Etc. But the problem is, my one itis came back, and this is a, another lesson that even even when you're in game, even when you've had abundance, even when you've had a number, you know, you you've got quite a high lay count or whatever, we can still be prone to one itis, and we have to guard against it. So I got that feeling of one itis back. I was like, oh my god, she's amazing, she's all I want, you know, and I became obsessed with getting her to leave the boyfriend, and that's where it became tricky because, well. It, things got even worse because she, she wasn't living with the boyfriend when I'd first met her again. But then because of a change in her circumstances, she had to move in with him. Now, at that point, I should have pulled out, really, because before she moved in with the guy, I was saying, Well, look, you can come and stay with me. You can come and live with me and dump the boyfriend and we'll just, you know... Um, you know, we'll we'll make a go of it ourselves because clearly, you know, you you're you're into me, you're not into him, so why waste your time? And she sort of pretended to, and and actually, thank God she didn't take that option because that would have been a, a nightmare. But um, anyway, that's another story. But she she sort of gave lip service to mulling it over for a while, and then inevitably she said, "Look, I, I you know," she moved in with the boyfriend, and her reasoning was firstly she was finding it incredibly hard to break off that relationship because she'd been with the guy for four years and you know she had all this other shit going on as well it was a complicated story but as I say she moved in with a boyfriend or moved to his parents house where he was living or something um now really at that point I should have walked away and actually I did um tell her I was going to walk away and then we met up again and we had sex and so I kind of stayed in it, but I was in this horrible situation where basically I was, you know, besotted or, you know, in one itis with this girl who was living with another guy. Um, Now, she was saying they weren't having sex and perhaps that was the case. I I mean, who knows? But, um, you know, incredibly painful position for me to be in. And the the reason that I stayed in it was because, you know, she was basically dropping hints. She was basically saying, look... um, you know, you and me are, I think she actually said, you and, you and I are inevitable, you know, it's going to happen, we are going to be boyfriend and girlfriend, but I just need to get over this particular period, I just need to, you know, I've just got to finish my dissertation, and then maybe I can dump the guy, and then maybe we can be together, I've just got to, you know, I, I need to wait another month, because this has happened, blah, 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 um, and she kept eking out the time, you know, it was always well, I can't, dump, I can't finish with my boyfriend now to be with you. I'm going to have to, you know, this has happened, so it's going to have to be in a month's time. It's going to have to be in two months. And I'm, I'm there hanging on in hope. You know, I'm there sort of going, oh, God, you know, this girl is amazing. I can't give her up. And she's saying that in a month's time, she's going to dump her boyfriend. So I've just got to hang in there. And I'd hang in there and it wouldn't happen and it wouldn't happen and it wouldn't happen and it really, really screwed me up. It was a horrible um, emotional situation to be in Uh, and people were worried, you know, friends were worried about me. People were saying, what the hell are you doing? Just dump this bitch. She's, you know, she's clearly um, not got your best interests at at heart. and so in the end, I did. I mean, after after a long time, I, I think I'd said to myself, I'm going to give it X number of months, and then at the end of that, I'm going to cut it off. And so in the end, I did cut it off because the situation was ridiculous. I mean, actually, ironically now, I look back on it and I think, well, it sounds ideal because here was this hot girl. I didn't have to take all of her shit. And I was going and having sex with her every, you know, <laughs> every every week. I mean, what could be better than that, really? But you know, I mean, that, as I said, that for whatever reason, that wasn't what I wanted at the time. I thought that I wanted a relationship with her. And um, well, you know, I did want a relationship with her and she was not giving me that, you know, and somebody said to me at that time, you know, it's not about what might happen in six months time. It's not about what might happen, you know, in a year's time, you know, can she give you what you want now? And if she can't, then you have to walk away. You have to move away from that. Um, and I think that's very good advice because it's easy to get stuck in these things. It's easy to get stuck in these cycles where, you know, you think if I just hang in there for a bit longer, if I just wait, you know, maybe she's going to change her mind. Maybe this is going to happen. Maybe that's going to happen. But you're doing yourself a disservice in doing that because you are, you, you know, you, you're just not getting what you want. And there's no guarantee that you are going to get what you want. And by the way, I'm, I'm um, with the um, Anna situation, the sex had kind of dried up as, even between us towards the end. So I was literally getting nothing out of it, really, because I wasn't getting sex um, and I wasn't getting any definite proof of commitment from her either. So in by the end, I was getting absolutely nothing except a kind of a lukewarm semi-friendship, if you like. Um which i I wasn't you know i mean i I wasn't gonna tolerate long term because I knew enough about frame and I knew enough about game and um and everything else to um you know to realize how pathetic really that was, and so i you know it, it, I broke it off, and that was it but um um yeah, so now. I see, and and I've I've guarded against that kind of situation ever since. And one of the ways, of course, is is abundance. You know, if you've got abundance, if you've got other irons in the fire, you're going to be less likely to, you know, fall into sort of one itis with one girl. So the answer, you know, the the solution there is to to go out and to be uh, talking to lots of different girls, opening lots of different girls, getting lots of leads if you like, which gives you that feeling of abundance and hopefully some real abundance as well. Um, but I think you've just got to be very strict with yourself, ultimately, and you've just got to stamp down hard on those feelings. So if you're finding yourself in a situation with a girl, and you know maybe you're in the friend zone, and you think, oh, just if you know maybe I just I'll just wait until the you know until until August, and you know when she's back from holiday, maybe she'll realise and we'll be together. If you are projecting into the future and thinking, maybe this will happen, maybe that will happen, but at the present you haven't got what you want in that particular relationship, then I think you need to walk away and I think you need to be very strict with yourself because I think you need to, and and, you know, I, I would always almost liken it to gambling. It's sort of like, at what point do you walk away from the table and cut your losses? Because There's always that feeling, but the big win could have been just around the corner, you know. If I'd have just hung on for another couple of weeks, maybe she would have turned around and left her boyfriend and we would have been together and it would have been amazing. Um, No, but I mean, that that is the wrong way to look at it because, really, and this was the situation with Anna, if she'd have really wanted to be with me, she could have been. There was no... I mean, okay, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to break with somebody you've been with for a number of years. But look, I mean, come on. There was no impediment to us being together at all, except, you know, one caused by her. And in the end, you have to look at it and think, well, no matter what she's saying, how much does she actually like me? How much does she actually want to be with me? Because really, if she did, she could just do it, and she isn't. So therefore, I can only assume from that that... She is not as into me as she's saying or as, as, as I want her to be. And therefore on that basis, I'm gonna walk away because I deserve more than that. And that is what you need to do, I'm afraid. Guys, so if you've got a one-eye to see situation or you're in, a, in the friend zone or you know, you're know you seeing a girl with a boyfriend or something, and you, know, you have to walk away in the end if she's not giving you what, she, what you want because if she was really into you, she, she, she would. You know, you wouldn't be in that situation if she really liked you, because somebody who really likes somebody doesn't make them wait around for six months on a promise that may or may not come off. You know, it's that's not the way that these things work. Um, again, to finish going back to Rollo, one of uh, one of Rollo's other sort of um, sayings is, you know, what you really want in this situation is a hell yeah. You know, you want the girl to say hell yeah. I want to be with you. I want to date you. I want to have sex with you. I want to, um, you know, be be, be your girlfriend or whatever it is. And if you're not getting that, you're getting something short of that, then it's lukewarm. And, you know, the medium is the message. She's not as into it as she could be, whatever she says. And so you then need to act accordingly by removing yourself from the situation, by going cold turkey, not contacting her, Blocking her on all of the social media channels, not emailing her, not writing to her, avoiding her, avoiding her friends, not talking about her. She is now dead to you. Um, You have no contact whatsoever, and you move on to other prospects and you start talking to other girls. You develop your own interests and your own life again. And That's a really, really, really hard thing to do at first, but you will feel better. You will start to feel better and you will feel more in control of your life and you will have more self-respect and self-esteem for having done so. So maybe there's a follow-up episode to be done here about specific strategies to use to get over a girl. So maybe that's something I'll get to um, in the coming weeks, but I hope that has been helpful on mixed signals, gray areas. And please, any feedback, you can contact me via the website or on Twitter. Have a great week. Speak soon. Bye-bye.